Capitals stay put at number eight. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and a welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCap. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the draft lottery and how the Capitals stay put at number eight. I had hopes for bigger things, but ultimately it wasn't the case. The Caps stay put right where they're at. We'll talk about that in the show. Then later in the show, we will talk about ultimately who got the number one overall pick. And then I'll talk about even though the Capitals will most 99.9% chance not get Connor Bedard, there are still plenty of great options out there. But just to get it going here, the Caps entered into the draft lottery and it did seem a lock that they were going to be number eight. And as it turns out, that is in fact where they will end up when they have the draft next month in June. They will draft number eight. But it is a big deal for the Capitals because they have not been involved in the draft lottery for some time. Uh, this is the first time since 2007. Washington owns a pick in the top 10 for the first time when they selected defenseman Carl Alsner, fifth overall prior to 2007. The last two times the Caps picked in the top 10, they selected, maybe you've heard of him before, Nick Backstrom, fourth overall in 2006, and the great one for the Capitals, the great eight, Alex Ovechkin, first overall in 2004. And what are some of the things that you know to even be involved in this whole thing is that your team had to play pretty poorly, and that was the case for the Caps as they did not even make it into the playoffs. So the hopes were high that they were going to be able to to, you know, get a good spot in the draft, in the draft lottery. And hey, I'm not complaining. Number eight overall isn't too bad. But the thing, I guess, that's a bit of a bummer about the whole thing, and I understand it's a lottery type system, is that there were teams that were actively involved in trying to tank. I'm talking to you, Columbus Blue Jackets, Anaheim Ducks, and Chicago Blackhawks. Um, that's something that I think, and I don't know how they could figure it out, but if they can kind of sense or if they can get, you know, a whiff of what you're trying to do, then I think that there should be some sort of penalty. I know I've seen that happen in different sports and football before and that kind of thing. So, um, I, I, it's just an interesting move, uh, that, uh, that happened because if you even take a look at the blue jackets, for example, that was a team that was uh, horrible and had no starters in there for almost the last, a couple few months of the season. But in any case, the Capitals do stay put at number eight. And uh, I'm all, you know, again, like I say, I'm overall pretty happy about it. The Washington Caps received the eighth overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. The 2023 NHL draft will be held at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville from June 28th to 29th. The drawing a weighted lottery involved the 16 clubs that did not qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs or 
teams that obtained these respective clubs' first-round picks used a probability system offering all participant teams a certain percentage of odds for receiving the first overall pick. Ten teams with the fewest points in the league this season or teams that obtained those respective club first-round selection could have won the draft drawing as the club selected may or may not, and they moved up ten position draft order. So that is one of the rules that they put in place. The club selected may not have moved up more than 10 positions in the draft order. There are certain rules in place. You know, there's obviously when there's rules, there's clubs and general managers that are trying to beat that system. Uh, so I'm glad that they have that in the place there. Um, like I talked about, this is kind of a, a, a momentous time for the Capitals as they have not been involved in this since 2007. Um, as we know, Chicago Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks get the first overall pick. And I think it's a pretty safe assumption. I'm 99.9% .9 sure that they are going to select Connor Bedard. I, I'm going to go ahead and say 100% sure. If, if they pick someone else other than Connor Bedard, I will, I don't know. Well, I don't know what I'll do, but I'm 100% I'm sure that they are going to select Connor Bedard. And will that change the look and the face of the Chicago Blackhawks, you better believe it will. So an interesting move for them. And um, hey, it was the luck of the draw, and they ended up being uh, the better about that. And I'll talk about uh, uh, Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks a little bit later. The Caps own five total picks in the 2023 NHL draft. In addition to eighth overall pick, Washington owns their second, fourth, fifth, and seventh round picks. The order for the remaining picks outside of the top 16 will be determined by the results of the Stanley Cup. Um, so, you know, just taking a look at it, it, uh, you know, it didn't go quite the way that the Capitals wanted it to, of course. But just taking a look at it, here's the draft order if you have not seen, if somehow... You've been living in a cave. I know not everyone is, is what follows this as close as everyone else, but here's the draft order for the 16 lottery picks in the first round. Number one, the Blackhawks. Number two, Anaheim. Number three, Columbus. Four, San Jose Sharks. Five, Montreal Canadiens. Six, Arizona Coyotes. Seven, Philadelphia Flyers. Eight, Capitals. Nine, Detroit Red Wings. Ten, St. Louis Blues. And it goes on from there. But that is your top ten um, and, you know, again, just uh, again, I'm happy that the Capitals are at least involved in this in the first place. What they will be getting is a really solid piece to help them in the future. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that if their eighth round pick is probably not going to be NHL ready, maybe NHL ready soon, but most likely not going to be ready for prime time, as they say, right away. But the pick that they will get, unless, you know, something strange happens, will still be a really outstanding pick. Who will that be? I'll talk about some of the great candidates a little bit later in the show. But as we know, the, the Caps, you know, there was a little bit of hope out there that, you know, potentially there could be some finagling or moving up. But it just did not seem like that was going to ever even be a possibility. It was a remote possibility, and that's all it was at the end of the day, was a remote possibility. But I am looking forward to, in fact, to the Caps draft next month uh, when, the, when the draft happens and to see who that player is and, you know, uh, where do we see them fitting in? What is one of the things that Brian McClellan talked about is he wants to concentrate on the top six, right? And... 
you know, one questioned, he said the center position or the, the, the wing position, he said all of them. I want to take, I want to look at all of them, see if I can make them any better. And who are some of the, the candidates that, you know, might have played their last season with a capital sweater on? Nicholas Backstrom. Let's face it, he had that hip resurfacing procedure, and he, when he came back, he came back much earlier than anyone thought he was going to come back. But suffices to say, he did not play at 100%. Uh, because the thing of it is, you know, we have to take into consideration Hershey and what other kind of moves is that if players are getting added to the equation, ergo, then some players are going to have to get removed from the situation as well. So, you know, likely candidates, Nick Backstrom, questionable, Evgeny Kuznetsov, questionable, TJ Oshie, questionable, and Anthony Mantha, questionable. The difficult thing about those players that I mentioned is that they're under contract. Anthony Mantha is the one that I hear everyone talk about all the time, that he most likely played his last season in Washington. Uh, He has one year left and he's a healthy scratch. Even if the Caps did want to move on from him, it would be difficult. Uh, Kuznetsov, as we know, has said that he wants to be out of Washington, even though he denied it. Uh, And then on a breakdown day, he said no comment. And then you take a look at Oshi, who is prone to injury. And like I spoke about, Nick Backstrom, who uh, had that hip resurfacing procedure done. So some interesting moves and forward positions. Um, and as in the following segments here, it that is primarily the big positions that are available. The top draft picks are primarily the forward positions. So uh, it or the candidate, shall we say. So it is going to be interesting to see what kind of a player uh, the Capitals draft players uh, that is. But it is exciting, and I got excited watching it. And ultimately, you want to know something? I'm happy for the Blackhawks. Of course, I would have rather it been the Capitals, of course, but the chances just seemed so remote. Um, and like when I was watching the show, uh, they were talking about that uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets would have most benefited from a number one draft pick like a Connor Bedard because that team of the teams that were listed there seems to be on the cusp of of greater things and what I mean those teams is I was talking about the Blue Jackets Anaheim and Chicago the Blackhawks so that would have been the best case scenario for the Blue Jackets of course but you know as it turns out Connor Bedard most likely headed to the Blackhawks and and good for them. That's ultimately the only way you can really look at it. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about, you know, the draft picks and the prospects and, and, you know, who, where did the Capitals fit in all this? I mean, there's a lot of names that are listed out there. Which player will the Capitals select at the draft? And what does Bedard ultimately mean for the Chicago Blackhawks? We'll talk about that coming up. There is no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours when you're hiring you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that help you find your matched candidates with instant match over 80%. Of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment 
They sponsor a job according to Indeed US data. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and follow or subscribe to Locked On Capitals as I have many great guests lined up for you this summer. I have John Walton who will be on the show. I've had Mike Vogel on and I will also have the new beat writer for Washington Hockey now. So make sure and subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. All right, in this next segment, we are going to talk about the, the players that are, uh, you know, the uh, that are potentially going to be candidates for the Capitals at the draft next month and who should they select? Um, it's going to be an interesting thing. We all know the big names out there. Um, you know, Connor Bedard was the big whale, of course, then Adam Fentilli, and then Metke, Mitchkoff, Metve, excuse me, Mitchkoff. Those are like the top three that you heard everyone mention and the Capitals would be very lucky, of course, probably not going to happen, but would be very lucky to draft one of those two of those um, names. You know, if they were able to, you know, obviously we know Connor Bedard is off the board, but if they had the potential of uh, drafting Fantilli or Mitchkoff, of course, that would be great. Those would be what I would say potentially, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say most likely NHL ready players. So, but it's, you know, we know that those are the top names and we hear about them spoken all about all the time. But if you start taking a look down the list here a little bit, other than the top, number five, Zachary Benson. Benson played with quality players throughout his time in Winnipeg, but don't get it mixed up. He's the one creating much of the damage. Only Bedard has more points over the past three years among the U18 WHLers. And Benson has played at over a point per game. Throughout his entire tenure, he plays at a high pace and incredible straight-ahead speed, a high compete level, and a handleness on the puck, as well as anyone in the age group. It's hard not to be impressed when watching Benson with a puck on his stick, and he's easily one of the smartest players in the draft, and uh, he plays center or left wing. So could he ultimately fit into the Capitals' plans? Of course. What did Brian McClellan say that he wants to address is the top six you know, I'm not going to say that he's going to be that right away, but, you know, it is the right direction. And uh, when you just listen to the accolades and his accomplishments, he seems like he would be darn near ready, an NHL ready player. He would be interesting. The next player, number six, because you have to kind of go down the list a little bit here. We kind of know that the top ones are most likely going to get slotted within the first, you know, few teams that get uh, their selection at the draft, right? So number six, Andrew Kristall. If you follow prospects closely online, Kristall has no shortage of fanatics, and there's a good reason he's on pace for 115 points in his second full season in the WHL, easily one of the most electric forwards in the class. He is a confident shooter shown by how he's willing to get uh, the puck off from just about anywhere, even if that means catching a goalie off guard with an off-angle release defensively. He's not there yet, but he's a quality player and a quality shooter and a passer and should have no issue 
generating offense in the NHL one day. And uh, these are from the Daily Faceoff and what their thoughts are on them. And, you know, just my thought and where they would fit in. Again, number six, left wing is where he's playing right now in the WHL. Um, you know, again, another great possibility for the Capitals, uh, you know, potentially uh, to fit on this team that we know needs to get younger. We know it needs to get faster and they are in a prime position this year to do it because they are involved in the draft uh, and they have a high draft pick within the top 10. So it is intriguing for the Capitals to see ultimately who they select. But one of the other players that's in there too is number seven, Will Smith. Um, center, while there isn't anything that really stands out about Smith's game, he definitely is one of the more well-rounded forwards in the top 10. He's deceptive, handles the puck well on the rush, and you can count on a full effort every time he hits the ice. Smith drives a lot of play on the line, and his confidence to make a quick deeks is sky high. So a skills guy, and that's what you need out there as well. A great playmaker, a guy that can handle the puck well. Uh, I do like you know, what I've heard about him. I've done some research on these guys, watched some of the video on them, and uh, there's a reason why they're picked as high, you know, or potentially in these mock drafts and that kind of thing. So um, it is going to be interesting to see, you know, where the Capitals, what player will they ultimately get. If you remember last year, of course, they picked in, picked up Ivan Mirishnashenko. That was one of the big draft picks who, you know, subsequently is going to be ready for the Capitals sooner than I think anyone thought. So, you know, that's what I'm saying is, you know, when they signed Ivan Mirishnashenko, we thought that he was going to be years out because he had, you know, uh, some contract left over in the KHL. But as it turns out, terminated that contract and will most likely be in camp with the Caps in the fall. I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to break camp with the big team, but, you know, he may well play in Hershey next year. But just, you know, kind of tie this all together. You know, just because these players might not be in the top, top echelon, I still think that if it's not the first year, it is within the realm of possibility that they could be ready within, you know, you know, one, two, you know, three years, something like that, depending on which player they get. So this team can get that youth infusion that we've heard about for the longest time. All right, so after the break here, we will continue to talk about our, what are the gr good options for the Capitals out there. Of course, we've heard about Fantilli, we've heard about Bedard, but there are some true gems in there that a lot of people aren't talking about. Who are some of those players? We'll talk about that when Locked On Capitals returns. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it was the draft lottery tonight or last night as you're listening to this, depending on what it is. And the number one overall went to the Chicago Blackhawks. Is that a team that it's got a lot better overnight? You better believe it. And I think that now, you know, they had a really bad season this last season. I think they're going to build a really great supporting cast or a supporting team around him. And all of a sudden, one player, a generational player, I'm going to go ahead and say it, a generational player. Some people say one of the best players to come along in many, many years. You know, you can spitball and say how long that is, but let's just say a generational player. So the Blackhawks got really good in a hurry. Um, and it's interesting to see, you know, uh, one player can't do everything. I get that. But can you imagine the supporting players that they could build around 
a Connor Bedard. They could get better in a hurry. And uh, I think they're going to be a team, you know, almost ready to be reckoned with next year, depending on what their GM does. Um, so, you know, ultimately, again, I wish it was the Caps. It's not. But the Blackhawks, even though, you know, they don't have a lot of great players left on this team, I say look out. I say look out in May because I would suspect that their GM is going to go out and, you know, just really stock that team with some great players. And I wouldn't be surprised if that Blackhawks team makes a really good push. Uh, but the Capitals are in the same position as well. They did not get the result that they were looking for. Subsequently, they were involved in the draft lottery and they have uh, draft picks within the top 10 for the first time. Um, you know, the, they were involved in the draft lottery, that is, for the first time in quite some time. And they do have some really great options, some great picks, you know, that they have available. The top draft picks that they can choose uh, depending on who's available. And we like, again, we hear about the big names. We hear about the Mitch Koff. We hear about Bedard and Mikiev and all that, right? But there are a lot of other great names out there. And uh, just kind of taking a look at the list of what are uh, some of those other ones. Again, Fantilli, Mitchkoff, we hear about those ones. But we know, you know, unless something strange happens, that those players will most likely be um, picked by, you know, uh, the teams that are ahead of the Capitals in the draft, of course. Uh, so one of the names that I'm hearing a lot of chatter about uh, within the capital circle, I've heard this on Nova Caps, I've seen this on RMNB, is Dalibor Dvorsky. And you'll have to excuse me if I'm not saying his name, you know, 100% correctly there, but Dalibor Dvorsky, center. Um, and I'm hearing a lot more rumblings about him. Number 11 on the daily face-off here. Dvorsky made a name for himself after tearing apart the 2021 Helenka Gretzky Cup when he led Slovakia to silver with eight goals in 12 points in five games. He had a pair of quiet World Junior Championship appearances and has a, had a so-so run with the AIK over the past two years. Still, the raw talent is there. Dvorsky has one of the quickest releases, and when fully engaged, he's smart enough to get creative without turning over the puck. There's just too often where it feels like he's floating around and logging ice instead of being fully engaged, which is why he went from an early projected top five pick to further down. But in terms of pure skill, I think he'll be fine. So it is interesting uh, that they have him listed um, as one of the top, you know, and I'm hearing again, a lot more uh, chatter all in, you know, all over the place as far as the Capitals beat writers and bloggers and that kind of thing about, uh, you know, where he would fit into the Capitals because I think that, you know, they're just being honest about it. They're kind of taking a look down the list here and they're seeing what players will most likely be available uh, when uh, they, they pick number eight. Uh, but some interesting questions for the Capitals and ultimately who are they going to choose? Historically, I think that they've done a really good job uh, with all, you know, all things considered. Dvorsky played the majority of the 22-23 season against men in the second tier of pro hockey in Sweden. He recorded 14 points, six goals, eight assists. In 38 games, which doesn't seem all that impressive, but it was good for the 8th best age 17 season in hockey uh, history. 
his .37 points per game see him rank above names like Elias Peterson, Jesper Broad, and w- William Carlson, and Andre Burakovsky. Maybe you remember Burakovsky in terms of his respective outputs in the league at 17 years old, writes RMNB. Um, so, Again, I I saw that on there. He's currently ranked number three ranked Europe, European skater by the NHL Central Scouting. Um, so it it seems like he does have to do some work on his game. Uh, he seems on paper that he has the potential of being good. Will that ultimately you know come to fruition? I guess that remains to be seen. But an intriguing name that is for sure. Another one that's out there as well is uh, Edward Sale you know, as potential candidates. Uh, he is a right wing. Sale spent a game as Chechia's 13th forward at the World Junior Championship, but eventually became a key piece of the top line during the medal round. Internationally, Sale has been excellent this season, and he has spent the rest of the campaign in the top Czech league. He has proven that he can handle playing against men. Sale is the most effective with the puck on his stick, and it helps that he's a fantastic puck handler and a tremendous skater. I already like this guy. He, you know, he's a great puck handler and a great skater. Put Edward Sale on your radar, right wing. I feel like there are points where he gives up a bit too quickly on plays, but the numbers against his age group show why he's one of the most gifted offensive talents in the draft. Uh, so Chechi is 13th forward at the World Junior Champion. Again, you know, on paper, it, he seems like he'd be really uh, a really good player. You know, how is that going to translate to the NHL? Some of them, it's seamless. If you take a look at McDavid, you take a look at Crosby, you take a look at uh, Ovechkin, these players uh, that are drafted that are drafted high, and sometimes it's it's seamless. Sometimes there's a bit of a learning curve. I guess it depends on the skill set. Um, sometimes you can tell right out of the gate. Like I have no doubt in my mind that Connor Bedard is going to be an excellent player in the NHL just right away, kind of like the way McDavid was, and you know Crosby and Ovi back in the day. So. I do think that, uh, you know, some of these players, there might be a little bit of a, a learning curve there. But I think for the most part, if the Capitals, you know, and Ross Mahoney and everyone that's involved with uh, Brian McClellan there, if they can go out and, and get one of the players that I talked about tonight, um, some are going to need a little bit more work than others. I And, you know, I pick a number eighth overall, like I said, probably not going to be NHL ready right away. But be patient, as we know, we don't want to make a whole lot of big changes, and we know that those are not going to happen while Alex Ovechkin is here. Three years left on his deal, so um, you know what it's been called and, and, and talked about is retooling. Um, so that is what I expect to happen. You know, maybe they can get a great draft pick here and, you know, they'll be ready in a couple of years and, you know, see what the Capitals do. You know, I, I think they are going to make similar deals to like the Dylan Strom deal and the Rasmus Sandin and uh, that kind of thing. Sonny Milano. I don't see them going out and doing anything earth shattering unless they move one of those bigger pieces that I talked about, like a Backstrom, an Oshi, something like that, who are already diminished goods. And then the issue with some of those players, and the reason I'm bringing them up is you're going to have to free up cap space in the event that they go for their big target and then their salary retention and all that kind of thing. So it is a sticky position for the caps to be in. 
Uh, one of the things that I'm hopeful for is I think that there is a, a lot of really great players that are ready for their opportunity down in Hershey. As we know, they are in the Calder Cup playoffs and moving on to the second round here. So I do think they are in a good position, and I think that you're going to see a McMichael and a LaPierre and those uh, guys, you know, try to really fight for jobs in the fall. And, you know, whoever they draft now, uh, depending, those guys might be a couple years out, you know. So I think that everything is just aligning perfectly. Um, the, the tough thing is, I guess, as a Capitals fan, is what is this team going to look like, you know, even for the next couple of years, we know Ovechkin's under contract for three more years, right? And there's been promises that he won't uh, be he won't be playing here with a big tear it down to the studs rebuild. So is this team going to be competitive uh, for the next three years, or is this team going to be lackluster until he hangs up the skates? I would like to think that's not the case, and I do think that if that is the case, there's going to be other big changes, most notably you know, the, at the GM position, because I don't think that Ted Leonsis and the ownership group have any real tolerance for repeated failure. So I do see this team making, you know, a good push next season. Uh, sometimes, you know, the best laid plans go to waste. Uh, take a look at this past season. They picked up Connor Brown and Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren and Dylan Strom. And subsequently they got, they didn't even make it to the playoffs period. And, you know, there's always the things that you cannot plan for injury in this case, the myriad of injuries at the Capitals place, Connor Brown getting injured, you know, with just within a few games of him, you know, starting with the Capitals, that wasn't planned for Wilson and Backstrom. So, you know, even though things seem like, you know, they're, they're lining up perfectly, that's how they're lined up perfectly. As I talk about this in May, how is it going to be next season? I guess it remains to be seen what the caps do at the draft. They have got to use sound logic here. And, you know, even if you want to take a look at Ivan Miroshnyshenko, right? He was a guy that was going to be drafted much higher, but he got knocked down because of that non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And good on Ross Mahoney, good on everyone that works around him and the scouts and all of that to do their due diligence to say, hey, you know, I know this guy has, you know, a, a serious illness, a disease, but it's in remission. They checked out his medicals. They went in and swooped in and guess what? Mirosnyshenko should be here within a couple years, maybe less. Depends on how well he takes to Hershey. So, just to tie this all together here, same thing goes for whoever they draft. It might not be a player that's ready for next season, but it's my belief that that first pick that they choose um, is going to be ready within you know a couple years and can already help this team get in a much better position because as a Caps fan, I do not want to tolerate one more year. Yes, I don't want even one more year of a lackluster performance. The bar is set really high in Washington, and I expect them to continue to, to live up to that expectation. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I love talking to you guys on this podcast, and I would also love to talk Caps hockey with you outside of this podcast. If you're on YouTube, the information is scrolling on the bottom of the screen there. Come chat with me on Subtext, where we can talk Caps hockey all summer long. If you're listening on the audio side, I will have this in the show description. So make sure and join me on Subtext. Are you an everydayer of Locked On Capitals? Do you listen to this podcast every day or watch it on YouTube? I'd sure love to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at LockedOnCaps and say, Hey, Dan, I'm an everydayer, 
And I'll give you a shout-out on Friday's show because I sure do appreciate what you guys do for this show. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.